Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of The Quack Report. My name's Carter. I'm joined by Nate. We are The Quack Report. As always. As always. As always. Na- names never changed. Nope. Our faces have changed. Our logos changed. Yeah. Our voices have changed. A long time ago, way before we started this, but they changed it one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the name will always be The Quack Report. Which is kind of funny that it's actually like, it really fit because that was a name like given to us originally coming onto the show. Yeah, we had the, the opportunity name. to change it. And we were like, we yeah. got like a few days before the first episode comes out. And we're just like, yeah, let, let's just run with that. That's fine. Yeah, I, I not didn't have anything better, that we, so. not, yeah, not thinking that we would be like coming up on four years of this show and being like, yeah, we still have this name. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's always fun. Like, uh, if you listen to, like band interviews, that like just bands that absolutely hate their name, like the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl was like, yeah, this was like originally just supposed to be like a thing for myself just to write some songs and stuff like that. And then it was like, oh, okay, I need a band name if I'm putting this out because I don't want to put it as Dave Grohl. He's like, so he's like, I was reading about UFOs and whatnot. And like, and he's like, yeah, so I called it the the Foo Fighters. And he's like, not thinking that, you know, this would become this monumental thing. And same with Green Day as well. They hate their name. (laughs) Like, it's like, if you don't know the definition of, green day it's like it's a day of smoking pot and they're just like like we did that when we were like in high school right they're like and, and unfortunately the name stuck with us until like yeah they're 50s so <laughs> but they're, they're i mean like not like now oh yeah like but, like not like that, i knew that they've been yeah. around for a while but like that's it's just it's weird to think about you know right yeah but uh yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't hate the name Quack Report, like the Quack Report. Don't get me wrong. No, it, yeah. It, it's still catchy and everything like that. I mean, I just yeah. more call it Quack Report now. I'm kind of taking the, uh, I forget who he plays in the movie, like, in, like, who the real life person is, but whoever Justin Timberlake plays in, uh, the social network, like the, the Facebook Mark movie Zuckerberg? Right uh, no, no, he played, no, that was, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Justin Timberlake is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. That was not my brightest <laughs> moment. But, yeah, yeah uh, I forget his real life name, the, too. The guy the, that did Napster or whatever. I forget his yeah. name off the top of my head. But, like, the whole, like, drop the the, just Facebook. Yeah. Like, I've kind of just done that to myself in my head of, like, it's it's not the Quack Report. It's Quack Report. Uh, Sean Parker. There we go. He yeah. looks like Justin Timberlake. Well, no. He, okay, let me clarify. He doesn't look like <laughs> Justin Timberlake. He looks like if Justin Timberlake was sold at like Walmart under the Great Value brand, that's what Trump. It, it's Wish like. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got his face reminds me of someone else too, and I can't think of who it is. But like when I look away and look back, I'm like, oh no, that's not who it is. But I can't. I gotta take a look now. Sean Parker, yeah. you said. Yeah. Because. There's something about his face where I'm like, you look exactly oh, like this guy. I see what you're talking about, and I can't yeah, you see it too? together yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I have no idea. He looks like he looks like another actor, though. That's gonna bug the shit out of me. I was gonna say oh. Seth Rogen, but no, it's not Seth Rogen. See, that's I, see, I was thinking that too, but no, it's oh oh god, uh, what's the guy who does family who, who makes who made Family Guy? What's his name? Seth MacFarlane? Is that who I'm thinking of? No, the, the no. other Seth. The, the very short Seth. Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, that's who it is. Uh, I think that's Robot who it Chicken. Me of. Yeah, Family Guy and Austin Powers fame. And uh, yeah. obviously a bunch of other stuff. 
You know what? Let's kill an extra couple minutes here before we don't talk about the game. Let's be honest here. There's a, there's a, there's a bigger story than the actual yeah. game itself. Um, let's just take a look at the IMDb here. Because he's been in so much stuff. Who? Sorry. Uh, Seth Green. I love oh, Seth yeah. Green. He's I, hilarious. I, I know him mostly from um, uh, the, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie in the early 2000s. Oh, my God. And he's... Um, like, I forget who he plays he, there. But. Yeah, but he plays the guy that dates Velma in the second one. Yes, yes, that's Reed. who it is. Yep. Oh man, and, and who plays who plays her? She's now Hawkeye's wife. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Linda you. something. Linda, not Linda Cohen. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, okay, no, no. We're just we're just we're just <laughs> we're Scooby doing this shit, as yeah. Doctor Strange would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, Linda Card Cardellini. Yes, that's who it is. Yeah. yeah. And oh my god, that movie. <laughs> you, you talk about how, which I still, I am judging you, how Lola Bunny was your sexual awakening. Yeah. How, yeah. I understand the like weird thing with Velma or whatever, because Linda Carlini coming down in like the orange leather suit in Scooby Doo 2. Oh. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That was that was, true. that was you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for everybody that's watching this, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you Sean Parker's face for a second, and <laughs> I, I just want you to let me know if it looks like Seth Green. Boom. Like it's, uh, I don't know if it's that far. It, it's not Seth Green that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of somebody yeah. else. This is this is Seth Green. I don't know. It's it's something in the eyes for me. I don't think it's but, Seth Green. Yeah, it's not quite. But like, I do see somebody else in it. Yeah, no, you're right. There, there's somebody else in there too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know who it is. Either way, though, Sean Parker ruined the music industry for a hot minute for those who make who made money off of it, mm -hmm. being not the artists but everybody else. Yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he went out to help Facebook for a little bit. So I don't know if he's, he probably still has like some share in the company. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the whole thing yeah. with just Facebook in general, as you know, like we do stream this on their platform and everything like that too. Uh, really, the whole thing of Facebook though is just going down the toilet. Yeah. Like I still have Facebook because I use it to like message family members and stuff yeah like that. i like, literally use it for messenger events, but... and to share the show that's that's yeah. it at this point though oh yeah. and marketplace it's it's great for marketplace oh yeah yeah that but that's yeah. really it though at this yeah. point yeah I, exactly. I saw i saw a great tweet the other day that was like to like twitter now is the place that you go and make friends facebook is the place where you go and hate your friends <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> Also, what a disgrace to critics everywhere that uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, like all the reviews put together. That's horrible. That's, yeah. I'm, like, was the movie's a, better than 22%. Yeah. What, was it a Fuck. fantastic movie? No. Was it 22% bad? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like, realistically, it's probably like a, a 65, 70 I feel like 50 is reasonable. 
like Maybe. realistic. I, I, I I'm biased with everything Scooby Doo, but also like you got to think it's it's a kids movie. Yeah, exactly. So like it's a nostalgia trip more than anything at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. So if if you're a 50 year old who grew up on the original cartoon and now you're writing this, you know, review for Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed, like the movie's not for you. I'm just curious now at the at the reviews. I I am I'm not meaning to like push <laughs> off everything going on. But even the audience score is 40% on this movie. I mean, it is the sequel, I guess. It, it's hard to follow up really well on a on a first movie. Yeah. The critic consensus is only the very young will get the most out of this silly trifle. <laughs> That's who it's fucking for, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's definitely not. Like, the, the audience score is definitely not coming from, like, the under 14 category. Yeah, 100% like, no one, it's not. No. No, no one leaves a theater and is like talking to little six year old Johnny. So like, out of out of five, how many stars would you give this? And what did you think of the casting and the music? And they're they're like, no, no six year old cares about that. They're just like two yeah. thumbs up for Scooby Doo. The monsters were and scary. That's okay, that means it's a negative review. No, it, no yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was two thousand four. The second one. Yeah. Wow, I think the first one was like two thousand and one. Maybe 2002. Let me double check. But yeah, it's... Yeah, I remember going to see that like very young. Like that's kind of my first memory of like going to a movie theater. So it's it's got to be between 2000 Oh my and God, even the first one has a 30%. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> and a 39 for the audience score. Okay, critic consensus. Um, the Lillard... Uh, who plays Shaggy? Oh, yeah, I guess it follows up with that. The Lillard is uncannily spot on as Shaggy, which very oh, true. Perfect, perfect. Like casting. he is who I envision as Shaggy. Um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people do. And he like he did that character for a long time in animation as well after these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was like that animated Scoob movie, I think, was like the first time that he hadn't done like Shaggy since the first like live action Scooby-Doo. Oh wow. Um, which is yeah, I understand why he was upset, though, that he wasn't asked to do it. Uh, Scooby-Doo is a tired live-action update filled with lame jokes. Dude, loosen I, the tie a little bit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when man. you're going to the, like, the theater. God. What, what, what year did it come out, though? Uh, 2002. 2002? Okay. Yeah. So we would have been, like, five. And, yeah. oh, it made $153 million. Yeah, I, I, I vividly remember going to see that movie three separate times and while it was in really? the theater. Yeah, I, so for, for me, if I was rating that movie as a five-year-old, it's probably like 120% on the tomato meter or however you do it. Because I went, I went once with one of my parents and I wanted to go and see it again. And evidently the parent who saw it didn't want to go see it a second time because I went with <laughs> the other parent. Um, and then I went to the cheap theater. Do you remember The Monarch? Back oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the monarch. Yeah, back when that was a thing. Still, I, I think I still showed yeah. movies, but uh, I went there with um, whichever parent drew the shorter end of the stick. <laughs> I don't remember. I had to go see it a second time. <laughs> I saw two movies at that theater, I think, and they were Ang Lee's Hulk mm-hmm. and uh, the Yu Gi Oh movie. Oh wow, that's a throwback. Yeah. So okay, I want to read one review. Like okay. a, a specific review of like about this movie. Mm-hmm. 
And then we'll get into uh, what we're supposed to talk about here. Whatever. I guess, here I guess this is kind of a, an unplucked in a way. There you go. I, okay, maybe this is actually a couple of movies that we have to talk about in the summer. Oh, maybe. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, but this one is a top critic from Outlook. Uh, even it, even its look is awfully cheesy and clunky. The sound effects notwithstanding. Scooby-Doo makes Stuart Little seem like Citizen Kane in comparison. Holy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gave it a one out of four. <laughs> Out of four, yeah, that's odd too. Yeah, just one out of four. When is everything ever, ever rated out of four? See now, okay, now I'm really confused by this review that's right beside it here from Common Sense Media, who gives this a three out of five. So that's favorable, right? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, too scary for most kids, too dumb for most teens, but gives it a three out of five. <laughs> Okay. What, what? what was that place called? Common Sense Media. Common Sense Media. No, dude, you don't even have to search it up. Just the name of the company along <laughs> with the, hey, we're going to give a bad review, but give it a decent rating. Yeah. Common Sense Media, this is from their Wikipedia, uh, is an organization that reviews and provides ratings for media and technology with the goal of providing information on their sustainability for children. What child is reading Common Sense Media's website? It also funds research <laughs> on the role of media. What child has common sense to start yeah, with? <laughs> that too. In the lives of children and advocates, advocates publicly for child-friendly policies and laws regarding media. Okay. So their whole point <laughs> is to like, you know, be the Karens of media. Oh, this is too scary for kids. To be fair, the lady in the picture does kind of look like a Karen from the thousands. Look at us. We <laughs> we solved the mystery. Just call us Mystery Inc. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Change our background to green. New name of the podcast <laughs> is Mystery Incorporated. Let's go. Hey, I guess uh, the colors I guess the colors though are like green and purple. Kind of Anaheim Duxy. There you go. Yeah. What uh what was the first <laughs> review you read? Uh, I'm like, just going to review like, these shitty from? reviewers. Yeah, uh, it's from Outlook. Outlook, like the email. Place? I don't know. <laughs> There's a town in Saskatchewan called Outlook. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, I typed in Outlook reviews and I just got reviews from Microsoft Outlook. So okay, well that's it. You successfully so, picked a uh, name that not... prevents us from stalking you and yeah. bashing your shit. So. But Common Sense Media is going to give us a uh, a horrible review now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should ask him for a review of our podcast. Have a listen to this one and give us a review. Who the fuck gave Agent Cody Banks a 38%? <laughs> RV with Robin Williams gets a 24? Oh, come on. It's more than that. Jesus. <laughs> Anything with Robin Williams is immediately just just starts at fifty percent. Starts at sixty, I'd say. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> but like, then it's obviously always better than that. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. Dumb. The hell. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. I, I think I think we need an episode where everybody just sends us just a film, right? It doesn't have to be your favorite film or anything like that. Just send us a film. And we're just gonna go through the like the the Rotten Tomato like just like all the critics in in the off season. The if, if it's report. a movie we've seen at least, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, in the offseason, the Quack Report transitions to not a movie review podcast, but a movie review review podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to review your reviews and tell you if you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're getting into this game now because yeah yeah let, let's do it if, if you couldn't tell we're recording this very late at night yeah it is late Sunday and, and i apologize if i'm like yelling into the microphone like you can tell me to back away or anything like ah, that no you're fine my ears are still shot from officiating today so like the whistle in like is like in my ear, like off the glass and everything like that. Oh yeah. It, yeah. My ears are still shot right now. So gotcha. I'm just yelling because I'm pissed at whoever gave Scooby-Doo <laughs> Scooby like a 22%. <laughs> that movie defined my childhood. Okay. <laughs> I don't know in what way, but it was, it was integral. Okay. Well, okay. Here, I'm, I'm going to figure this out actually really quickly. Okay. You, you play drums. Yeah. Right, so you're a musician. Um, you do like to play pop punk, right? Like you're like mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy and that kind of stuff. Um, but I know one band you do like to listen to is Simple Plan. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, Simple you're Plan getting, wrote the you're going theme for West New Scooby Doo, and I think they did something with the live action Scooby Doo movie as well. They so did a song. Go. They did a song on the first soundtrack called "Grow Up," and that song yes. slaps. Yes. That was uh, that was on every playlist I made for. Not my iPod, my MP3 player before <laughs> iPods existed. I had like yeah. a one gigabyte one that like, man, I had a mix of stuff on there. I had everything from Red Hot Chili Peppers to Snow Patrol to the High School Musical soundtrack. Nice. That's, that's like it was very a, it was range for the like, chorus. To, yeah. to Nickelback. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> wide range as a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to play the music one more time just to get us in the mood here. <laughs> okay, I don't want to talk about the game specifically. I want to talk about No, no, no. It, 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 okay, it is okay, it, it's still in line. Yeah. It's still in line. I still want to talk about the game. Okay. We all know I'm I I like hone in on goalies especially, right? Yeah, Be, like being one myself, it makes sense. But like, I, I really pay attention to goalies here. Okay, actually, sorry, I, I just because I know the goalie thing is going to be really long, so I just <laughs> okay. have one thing I want to say about the game in general here. Okay, okay, <laughs> and then we, and then we can get into the goalies. Okay, so last game of the season, four two stars over the Ducks. That's all. Don't care about and the I'm rest. Okay, yeah. carry on. Okay, so you're good. good. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, so John Gibson was playing pretty good. Solid. Unfortunately, gets hurt in the first period, though. He only plays 20 minutes that night. Do you know what happened? Uh, I actually missed it. I was in the middle of drowning in an assignment. Fair enough. I like I barely even got to watch the Flames game. And like my girlfriend even asked me, she's like, aren't the Ducks playing right now? And I'm like, they are. But I haven't missed a Flames game since 2019. And I have this assignment. I'm like, I can't have two games and uh, an assignment going. Yeah, like, I, I, I can't do that. That's fair. That's too. Much. Like I know I can. Like I, I have had like two different games going while doing something else before, and I can follow everything no problem. But for that, I was like, no, I can't do that right now. Yeah. Um. But once like the Flames game was wrapping up, I was like, okay, I'm like, it was like, okay, yeah, the Flames are gonna lose this. I'm gonna move over to the Ducks game here now. Yeah. Um. Which um, was I think in the second intermission. So. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, so John Gibson was playing a great first period. Uh, didn't have any goals again. He stopped all five shots that he faced. Um, even had a goal save above expected of 0.52, right? So rounded yes. up, right? Like he, he, there, there's a there's a save that he made that should have probably gone in. That's yeah. that's great. Um, unfortunately, though, gets hurt, and we go to Anthony Stolarz for the second period because you have a backup. That's what you do. Uh, Stoli gets ten shots on net in the period. Um, stops eight of them, two goals against, uh, for an 800 save percentage and, uh, a negative goal save of 0.67. But, you know, he, he had a lot, he had like literally twice as much rubber thrown at him than Gibson. Mm -hmm. And you're going in cold after like a whole period of play. You're not really expecting to go in or that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. Um, but then the issue comes when uh, Stolarz is in the dressing room, apparently in the second intermission, and can not really walk. Apparently, yeah, is very very hurt. In comes emergency backup goaltender Thomas Hodges, who comes into the game with a tied two two game. This, poten- this game potentially also has playoff implications, not for the Ducks, but for the Dallas Stars. Absolutely. Who are trying to solidify um, where they are in the standings. It was them in Nashville. Yeah. In other words. The, fighting for the wildcard spots. Of like, fighting for who, who doesn't have to play against Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really like you're picking the lesser of two evils there. Do you want Colorado or do you want Calgary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, this guy has to come in with a tied game for a full 20 minutes here. And he did well. The team did oh, well yeah. in front of him also, which makes me go, okay, we can you can play defensively. Please do this in front of your actual goaltenders for the rest, like for yeah. like next year. I was gonna say the rest of the season, but the season's done. So <laughs> the, the rest of next season. Yeah, the rest in other of next words, season. Please of do that. Yeah. Um well, he played 20 minutes. So how many well, how many 20 minute periods are there in a full season? Well, a lot, but uh, 82 times three. Yeah. I or, didn't, 80, oh, yeah sorry, I did I say 82 times? Oh, yeah. 82 times three. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. I, sorry. I wanted to know how many minutes. So there's 4,920 minutes. So there's a significant difference between playing that way for 20 minutes <laughs> and that way for an additional 4,900 minutes. Okay. Let's go for at least three quarters of that, though. 75% of a game, please. Okay. Um, Oh, I didn't still, mean you had to do the math oh. for that. I'm just, I'm just I, saying. I, just like, I'm just saying to, oh, yeah. I know that you're is. a math guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you spit numbers out, and I'll, I'll punch those into a calculator like my life depended on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, okay. To wrap up this this hockey season, not the season of the show, the hockey season. I'm going to have one more gripe with okay. Mr. Dallas Eakins, mm-hmm. the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. John Gibson played 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anthony Stellars played 20 minutes. You are outside the playoffs. You're not getting in. And you're pulling the emergency backup goaltender <laughs> who played 19 minutes and 16 seconds. This is me just being like, okay, you know what? If it's Gibson or Stellars and that, yeah, leave him. That's fine. And I get that you're down by one and everything like that. But when the season's just gone... Leave the kid in. 
leave them in have some fun with it right like yeah i get it it's only like this is me like being a little out of proportion i get that it's only 44 seconds off like a full period mm. for him yeah but come on that's a cool experience either way but like yeah it'd be, it'd be cool to stay off for the entire game right absolutely <laughs> i think the thing is though if the ducks score with the empty netter then thomas hodges doesn't give a shit about those 44 seconds because he that's gets an extra true. five yeah. minutes of bonus hockey. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And also, the only so. goal that like got past him, like, I was... I was it's emergency backup goalies, right? These yeah. guys aren't supposed to be anywhere near the NHL normally. The majority of... Mm. Ba- like, the, the majority of e-bug goalies have, you know, made, like, played some, like, high-level college hockey or something like that but like that's kind of the farthest they've got they're, they're typically at this point um you know playing like adult league and that kind of thing right like maybe yeah. in the higher tiers but you know they're they're not nhl material they're not ahl mm-hmm. material right or maybe even echl material yeah typically right or yeah. they would be playing for somebody I, on yeah the, i, I think like they said that, that this guy had like one game of echl experience where he was also an e-bug Oh, was it? Oh, okay. uh, with the Allen Americans, I believe, um, which I forget whose affiliate that is. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the, the highest that uh, Hodges had played was uh, for his high school. I think is what I what I what I was seeing there. And this guy has to. He, he was talking about how like he was pretty much like pushing away, having a panic attack when he was told he has to go play. Yeah, an entire period during the intermission. Yeah, I'd be right there with him, be like, "Holy oh, shit, absolutely. I gotta go do this!" But yeah. he looked awesome out there. Like once he had that first shot against, right? He looked good out there, mm-hmm. and like he just it, it it seemed to settle down a little bit. He was still very frantic, obviously. Like he he said that after. Yeah, but he looked more settled after just having that first shot, right? Which that's that is such a huge deal. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, man, like for, for myself, right. Who was like trying to do this other stuff for a viewer to come into this, just being like, wait, why is the Anaheim goalie wearing green pads? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. (laughs) And what's his name? We don't know his name. (laughs) Yeah. There was no name bar on his Jersey as well, which like, I don't even know how many times that has actually happened. What since the NHL made it a rule that a player has to have a name bar is I think it was in like the seventies or something like that. Yeah, I, I saw something on Reddit, and there was a, um, there was a goalie in the early two thousands that I think it was like the same situation. They were like an emergency, emergency backup. Yeah, it, it was either that. Uh, basically, my answer is I don't know, but it was either that or it was like a last minute call up, and they just didn't have a nameplate ready. Ready. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it was one of those two scenarios. So yeah, but But, it it was like one time basically since that rule had been in place. Yeah, but it was cool because for a split second, the entire league like this is the Friday night. It's the last like normal day of the regular season. There was one more game on Sunday. It was a makeup game between Winnipeg and Seattle. Both teams didn't make the playoffs. Who gives a fuck? But it's the last night of the regular season, right? And everybody's looking at because like playoff matchups still have to be determined and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the entire night's narrative changes because a Texas emergency backup goalie is in net for the Anaheim Ducks against playoff bound Dallas Stars. 
Yeah. Which is really cool, actually. So, like, I, I love these ebug stories, like David Ayers and Scott Foster and guys like that. Like, even before the the e-bug became, like, a designated role in the NHL and whatnot, right? You get, like, goalie coaches that have to fill in as the backup or that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, or you get, like, college call-ups or that kind of thing from, like, the mm-hmm. local college or whatnot. And, but, like, this guy is going to... Like he, the guy had 19 minutes and 16 seconds of play time, and he is now a folk story to the Anaheim Ducks history. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool, actually. Very cool. So, yeah, I, uh, I love that. Um, not only like because I, I get like it's like the arenas or not the arena, but like the team whose arena you're playing, and it's their responsibility to have. Uh, an e-bug in the building. Yeah. So I, I love when like <laughs> the gear that they're wearing doesn't like from the other team. From the other team. Yeah. Cause <laughs> like that was with David Ayers too. Like, cause he filled in for Carolina, but they were in Toronto and he played like, so his, all his gear was like Toronto colors. So, and it just looked so yeah, weird. And yeah, then with like, this guy, you had like the white and we'll say orange ish, like Anaheim Jersey in like green like very Dallas Stars green gear, and it just looks so weird. I want to see if somebody has like the history of the e bug, like who's actually gotten to go in and stuff like that over the last few years. Oh, it's got to be out there. It's got to be somewhere. But um, yeah, like it, <laughs> as a geared nut, it, it is funny that you bring that up too. Because I'm like kind of thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, David Ayers like was even in blue Maple Leafs pants, right? Like literally the only yeah. thing red and white and black was the jersey of the Carolina Hurricanes for that game. Mm-hmm. The only one that like looked like he's supposed to be there from a gear standpoint has been Scott Foster for the Chicago Blackhawks with his full like black gear that yeah matched so perfectly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's not, it's not even like, you know, the cases in the past of having an emergency call up or something like that, where it's like, yeah, we're going to throw him in for like the last five minutes if we can or something like that. Right. Or like, he's just mm-hmm. on the, on the bench. Like this guy had to come in and play an entire period. It had to. Is, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, there's no to. other option. There's, there's nobody else. So like if the dude got lit up for 10 goals on 10 shots in the first five minutes, he had to stay in because there was nobody else. Exactly. So, but it, it's great to hear though from, uh, from Hodges after the game, that um, the team was just like win or lose, like doesn't matter how many goals, like just go out and have fun and we'll do the best we can in front yeah. of them. Yeah. And like for them, it's like, whatever, like with, if we lose this game horribly, it doesn't matter because we we all yeah we're out anyway. Who, who if cares, we win this so. game, like I, I think that the most could that could happen was like they could have passed San Jose in the standings and got lower play like lottery odds. So like yeah. winning the game wasn't even a benefit to them. So yeah, exactly. But but yeah, you had a clip from um from Hodges that you wanted to share that, where he kind of talks about the team and stuff, right? Uh, it's it's not about the team uh exactly, but um. The uh, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to pull it up and talk at the same time here. Yeah, no, that's it's good. uh, it, it's a clip from his press conference after the game that uh, he, he's talking to the the round of media and everything like that. Um, and he, he's explaining actually how he lost sight in his left eye that killed his NHL dreams when he was 
younger, right? So like mm-hmm. just how much more this means to him than not like not not to say that it means more than you know, say like a David Ayers getting in or a Scott Foster getting in or somebody like that, yeah. right? But like for him, it's just even more so because the guy's got half his sight, essentially. Yeah. And and it's something that like for basically his whole life he's been like, Well, I'm never gonna be an NHL goalie. Whereas like with the other guys, it's like, oh well, that's still potentially there, but yeah. nobody's gonna draft a half blind goalie, right? Like you just kinda <laughs> you just know that. So to actually yeah, exactly. like, get some NHL experience is like pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh please please let me know if you can't hear this, but um yeah, should be able to hear. Um, I cannot hear it. No, you cannot hear it. Okay, no. let me see if I can fix this. My apologies. Um, <sighs> Come on. Oh wait, I'm on. I'm on Chrome tab. I think that's why. Um, where did that go? Yeah, here we go. Should be fine. You just have to click the. Yeah, now we got audio. it. You got it. Now we got it. Oh, yeah. Rewind it here. Looks good. I always dreamed of one day getting to play a game in the NHL, but when I was about 12 years old, I lost the sight in my left eye and so it just you know it became kind of a an impossibility i worked hard played 18u double a but then um after not playing for a little bit i i was like i i think i want to play some hockey again maybe just some adult league and got with a goalie coach uh who happened to be the goalie coach for the allen americans in the echl and after a couple practices he was like hey not bad (laughs) come on out and practice with my guys when when we need an extra goalie so that's that's really what I do. I always dreamed of. So that's pretty. That, that's that's cool. I love that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Because yeah, like but, re, like realistically, the e-bug stories are always so much fun because mm-hmm. they are just your everyday people, right? Like these are yeah. nowhere near professional athletes or anything like that, right? Like mm-hmm. like the, the the three examples I'm using of like Scott Foster, David Ayers, and obviously Thomas Hodges, uh, you know, Hodges, it, it came out, he's a life insurance seller, right? Or agent yeah. or whatever they're called. Um, you know, Scott Foster is from your neck of the woods, uh, neck of the woods as, a, as an accountant. And mm-hmm. David Ayers is a Zamboni, uh, like a, he's an ice maker for the Toronto Marlies. Yeah. So like yeah, really like David they, Ayers they just have like normal everyday jobs. Working for a <laughs> professional team. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're just, they're just everyday people. They are you and me, right? Like much mm-hmm. of one of us had to, strap on the pads and go into an nhl game i'd shit my pants oh yeah i'm <laughs> I, I mean no one would ask me to do that but i mean you at least have goalie experience so. i got intramural hockey basically like as the highest level i ever yeah. played no like, no but you're like a lacrosse goalie right so you have you you're able to stand in front of a puck and like you know track it and like have okay, so, positioning okay. and spatial awareness yeah I'm so a- I'm, I'm used to getting <laughs> you know like hard rubber whipped at me at insane speeds but besides that like i don't gotta no especially from like, anymore from of like yeah. uh of like skate like being on skates yeah. or anything like that like i used to be way better than even just like a couple of years ago <laughs> like yeah intramural yeah. hockey at the university here but like yeah my my point was that you like no one would ask me you at least like you know have some Dude, experience i'm, I'm like, still <laughs> at the bottom of the totem pole yeah. <laughs> Like this guy at least was like, yeah, I got with the goalie coach and I just like decided to play again. I'm like, sweet. I've like, like you saying for me, I'm like, I've had a, I've had somebody like tell me kind of like how to push myself on the ice and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, otherwise it's just been like playing in like on the, on the backyard rink with my cousins and learning myself pretty much. So 
Yeah. And that was years ago as well. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, this, this was a really cool thing to witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sure. and, and as well, I, I got to get some props as well to the people who were in attendance at the game. Right. Like it sounds like they did do like a little infograph uh, of Thomas Hodges in uh, at the start of the third period there. So oh, people yeah. realize like, Hey, this is a local kid and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And like gave him a round of applause. The the two saves that he made, the place just went electric for it and everything like yeah. that. <laughs> and it's the, like the, the, the opposite team too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So props to the, uh, props to the Dallas stars fans that were in attendance and whatnot. Like, yeah, that, that's awesome. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Fuck Jason Robertson though, scoring on, uh, on how Thomas dare he, <laughs> how rude. <laughs> it was funny though. Like the, the, the power play came up and I'm like, yeah, they're probably scoring on this because it's the Dallas Stars power play with Jason Robertson. Yeah. Just Jason Robertson. And of course, I, I mean, he's the guy who scores. But even then, yeah. it was a tipping goal, right? Like Off of his own guy, too. It was off of yeah. Schuster. So, like, I, I don't know. I think he was probably in decent enough position to save Robertson. Yeah, like he, he looked, like, like I said earlier, he looked good, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was good. So, um, yeah, congrats on your on your chance that you had there, Tom. And um, we hope to see something more of you in the future. It's probably yeah, not going to be I mean, on NHL ice, but like just media stuff or anything like that. Like it was fun watching yeah. all the David air stuff after the fact, all the Scott Foster stuff that happened for like, it was like the next mm-hmm. week after, like I know we're headed right into the playoffs and that's going to take the bulk of everything. But like, I hope we get a little bit more out of this guy of just like an yeah. interview of like, you know, like he's he's not in that situation anymore. He's like not f- like right fresh from it, and you can kind of talk mm-hmm. about it and whatnot. Like, yeah, um, and and yeah, and kind of think about it. So I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for it. So. I wonder how many people are in in Dallas are gonna like go take out life insurance policies now just because they're like, I want to meet Thomas. I don't know where he yeah. works, but like, <laughs> where does he gonna, work? I need to find <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna hop downtown, go into like some life insurance place and yeah. just be like, yeah, I'm looking to take out a policy. Uh, I talked to a Thomas Hodges on the phone. Is, is he here? <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't work here? Okay, see ya. <laughs> see, now I'm on the other side of how many requests to be on their team did Thomas have from, like, different adult teams around the Dallas area? Yeah, that, yeah that, that too. Right? Like, like, how many guys on your adult league team have NHL experience realistically. <laughs> Not right. <me>. Like <laughs> yeah. everybody's calling him up now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but, but yeah, yeah, no, the super cool story made uh, for a little bit of excitement on the last night of the season. Yeah. It was Ducks, really going to so. be a nothing night realistically for the Anaheim Ducks, unless like someone pulled off like a highlight reel goal or something like that. Yeah, which but. there was a moment where Trevor Zegers went behind the net, and I was like, oh. "Is he going to do this?" And, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, "I'm going to end the I'm going to end the season on a high note." <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he's done that a few times now, and now he's just like, "I don't have to do this ever again. I just have to go behind the net, make the opposing team shit themselves, and then just make like a simple play." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but you know, he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, you, yeah, I'm just going to go to no, just kidding. I'm going to do it." <laughs> yeah, is. We've talked about it before, but like the that that's the thing now is like people are terrified of Zegers because they don't want to be on the highlight reel yep. for against. So he's he's a uh, it's he, so awesome. He's got all the power now. Like he basically has like five out of the six Infinity Stones at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, well, we got some news here um, from 
you know, around the league. And uh, a little bit later, we're going to recap the Ducks season and uh, and our division predictions. Yeah, which, which I'm seeing how much we still want to talk about, and I'm seeing time. And I'm going to take out the one thing from what's quacking actually, just to make this a little okay. bit shorter. Sounds good. A lot of these are just you know short points, but yeah. Um, I <laughs> sorry, I'm just I'm looking at the outline here, and I saw your uh, I saw upcoming games, and your little lull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no upcoming games. For there's the no fans. upcoming games. Uh, October, uh, October. Yeah, unless you unless you want to watch preseason then September. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout out Dustin Brown here because uh, he has announced that he's retiring after mm-hmm. uh, the Kings are eliminated from the playoffs and. He's obviously been going toe to toe with uh, Ryan Getzlaff for both of their whole careers. Like he was a member of that 2003 draft class with Getzlaff. Yep. He was taken 13th overall. So, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, Getzlaff was 19th overall, if I remember that correctly. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, th- so they were kind of, both kind of right around that same. Uh, Brown was 13th spot there. Yeah. So yeah. is that is that not what I said? Uh, I actually don't remember okay. if you'd said okay. 13 or not. I know okay, you said that he good. was in that 2003 draft. But yeah, I could have. Uh, totally... Yeah, I did say, but I could, I might have said he was 19th with, and then mm. mixed up him and gets up. Either way, yes, you're right. Brown yeah. is 13th. Gets off is 19th. Uh, Brown played just shy of 1300 uh, career games, 1296, getting 325 goals, 387 assists for 712 points, uh, 47 points in 85 playoff games. He was a 2009 All-Star where he got 53 points in 82 games. Uh, that year was a fan vote one, so mm-hmm. the fans voted Brown in. I, I don't know for sure if it was like a one from every team has to go in, but uh, he was the only king that year. Um, He got Olympic silver in 2010. I mean, sorry, Brown, but <laughs> that's the way she goes. <laughs> yeah. Um. The and, uh, only the only captain in LA Kings history to receive the Stanley Cup. He was the captain for oh, both teams. Oh, was he for both? Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, <clears throat> before Anze Kopitar had taken it over. Oh, I forget what year. But also props to Kopitar for giving Brown the C for the last game. Oh yeah, I or, like it was, it was the last game of the last home game that the Kings I think it was had. The, um, I think <clears throat> it was the last game because I. Remember when I watched the highlights? They were in their whites. Oh yeah, those... playing against uh, the Canucks with the with the black flying skates, right? Yes, yes, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, and which uh, also that was a, the... that was a beautiful jersey matchup. You you know me, I with, love my jersey with the exception matchup, of but... the chrome buckets. That was like I still like them. Actually, I I like them for that kit for the for the Kings. I yeah, like them. It was okay, but like if you're Dustin Brown. Could you have not just been like, I don't want to wear this for my last game? Like, save <laughs> well, it for he's, the playoffs. he still has the playoffs, though. Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, he still has the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, we could, there's even more things that you could go through with uh, yeah. what Dustin Brown's done. Yeah, I, I just kind of hit like the big ones. Yeah. There, but yeah. Um, a, well, well, I mean, you can say a few. I was just going to save it for the Kings podcast, but I mean, um, <laughs> oh, might yeah, as well just Brown. So. Yeah, might as well recognize. So yeah, uh, World Championship uh, bronze as well. Um, yeah, All Star Game in two thousand nine. I think you said that one already. Uh, yeah, Foundation Player Award in two thousand eleven. Mark Messier Leadership Award in twenty fourteen. Two time Stanley Cup champion in twenty twelve and twenty fourteen with the LA Kings. Um, oh, excuse me. And 
there oh there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up here, but I can't fly on it anymore. Damn. Uh but yeah, like Brown has been around from the very start that he could of his King's career. He spent his mm-hmm. entire yeah, his entire 18 year career with the Kings. And yeah. I believe that year that he was drafted. Yeah, he made the Kings out of uh out of training camp in 2003. And um yeah i saw there's like fourth line ice time it looks like here but uh yeah first nhl goal november 22nd 2003 in a two nothing win over the colorado avalanche um season was cut short because of an injury but you know like he he made his impact right away unfortunately the nhl went right into a lockout but um yeah he was just a he was a main piece for the la kings for years and years Mm -hmm. and like had a resurgence later in his career too. Right. Like he was falling off the wayside and it's like, there's thoughts that oh, he might retire. Like this was a few years ago. And then Mm -hmm. the guy just came back. and was playing awesome. I'm I'm still here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That was great. Yeah. So, but yeah, just hell of a career for Dustin Brown. And yeah, just another man down from that 2003 draft class. Like I, I think we're down to not, I mean, maybe not quite single digits, but I think there's maybe ten left. I think we are in single digits, to be honest. We we could be. Yeah, I I don't remember. Every time we talk about these guys, we uh, we we look it up and go to the Wikipedia page because it has who's left. Okay, so there's Bergeron, Pavelski, Perry, Parise, Carter, Burns, uh, Suter, Erickson, Richardson, Boyle, Thompson, Flurry, Halak. Elliot. So there's 14. Jeez, that's it. Yeah. But also <laughs> that draft was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next season it'll be uh will be the 20th or the end of next season will be like the 20th year. Um jeez. There, there, there's also Eric Stahl if you want to count him as 15 because he hasn't officially retired. Yeah, he hasn't officially retired. Yeah, I'll count him in there. But yeah, yeah fi- so. like 15 players though. Mhm is what remains of like like our age group, right? Yeah. 15 players remain of like the big names from when we grew up. Yeah, these were the guys that in the NHL games that we played for hours on weekends, these yeah. were the guys that you were trading for to get on your team. Because or when you were like, like the doing the created team, or yeah, like when you're doing the yeah. created team just to like make some sweet jerseys of that, and then you're like, I'm going to just go to load this team up. Yeah, yeah, it was Patrice Bergeron. It was Dustin Brown. It was Ryan Getzlaff. It was yeah. Mark Andre Fleury and Carey Price in that, or Martin Brodeur, I guess, because he was still around then. And yeah, right, like you're like you're just stacking it with these high end guys. Mm-hmm. So that like a lot of them came from this draft class, right? Like yeah, like what, like what team that you made didn't have like Brent Burns, Ryan Suter, and uh, like Dion Phaneuf. On the back end, <laughs> like mine, <Right? laughs> yeah, exactly. So, or at least Dion until he went to Toronto. But you, you yeah. get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like those were, so, were staples from that class. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. But yeah, once again, just respect to Dustin Brown. Figure, yeah. uh, got to shout him out as a, a Ducks podcast, even though he's on the Kings. But he's been a pain respect. in the ass for the Ducks for a long time. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we take a break, let's let's hit this next point here. Just quickly, some reassignments to the San Diego Gulls, and you have the info on that. 
Yeah, so the Ducks have reassigned defenseman uh, Simone Benoit and or Simon Benoit, sorry, and uh, Trevor Carrick, as well as Hunter Drew and Buddy Robinson, back to the San Diego Gulls, who are about to uh, hopefully go on a bit of a bit of a streak here or a run, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. in the AHL Calder Cup playoffs. Um, the Gulls do begin their first round playoff series against the Ontario Reign, the Kings affiliate. Go figure. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, May fourth, there. So, yeah, just you know, yeah. these a couple of these guys got called up for last couple of games here of the regular season, and just yeah. to get you know some NHL time under the belt or that kind of thing. If uh, if they played like Hunter Drew did, um, and then uh, yeah, they're they're gearing up for playoffs here. So we're yeah, uh, yeah hoping for the best for San Diego, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing there. else to add. I kind of realized. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. It'd be cool uh, to have a Calder Cup in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Um, I lied. Let's actually hit these last couple points here because they're just okay. quick um, before the break. But uh, yeah, we posted on Twitter um, just on Sunday afternoon there that um, we are doing a bracket challenge this year through the NHL's like bracket challenge thing that they do. So, uh, so we created a league. Um, We'll, we'll toss the link down in the description of this episode so you can just click on that. It's it's public, so no should be no issues getting into it. Um, if for whatever reason the link doesn't work, just searching the Quack Report in Bracket Challenge will bring it up there. Uh, we already have uh, a few entries I see, and, and there's some good names in there. I, I won't say what my bracket is because I don't want to spoil it and you know yeah. give some bias. I, I, we'll, uh, I do want to read the names here, though. Yeah, if we yeah do it up. For like who's yeah, go in for it. so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got uh, because I shared this with a few friends of mine as well. We got the Blasty bracket. Uh, we got CJ Chell, which is a f- uh, Chris. If you follow him on Twitter, uh, yes, sad quacking. Uh, I don't know who this is actually. Nate Lover three thousand. Uh, <laughs> we got JJ. We got Flashpoint two who is uh, Shane that we had on uh, when Eleven's uh, got picked up by the Ducks there, mm-hmm. and uh, Mo's absolutely unbiased bracket. I'm not. We're not able to look at these brackets yet until uh, like the picks are finalized, which is Wednesday before puck drop of whatever the first game is that night. Yeah, I, I think um, it's like seven Eastern or like yeah. just before seven Eastern is when it closes. But I, day, so. I, I want to know why Mo's bracket is unbiased. Yeah, I'm. Curious. I want to know what it is. I'm, I'm yeah. curious. So maybe I just gotta. Yeah, I, I just gotta figure out who this is and reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that. So there's some good names in there, but yeah, it's it's just for fun. It'll uh, give us something to talk about. They'll they'll be bragging rights uh, yeah. on Twitter, of course, for whoever wins it as well um i got my bracket in there you have your bracket in there yep. as well so um we'll, which is just carter nate tqr so yeah yeah we gave ourselves the boring names because yeah. you know we're like kind of popular and stuff, so we, we want <laughs> the, people to the know how the, smart we are yeah or how the winner of the bracket are. oh you know i'm gonna put a prize up the winner of the bracket challenge uh gets our spots on the show <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you if you figure out the playoffs, which are just an absolute crap show from the start, uh, if you if you could do that better than us, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> you're stuck uh, with us, unfortunately. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, anyways. Yeah. Um, last thing, just want to plug some of the things we've got going on. So, um, obviously the merch store, we've been 
uh, hammering that home the last few weeks here. But tqrshop.myspreadshop.com, the link down at the bottom in the description or in the video. Um, it's currently scrolling along the bottom there. Um, .ca if you are in Canada listening to this as well. We got tons of great merch. Nate's got his water bottle that uh, he's using today. Um, I guess we're not wearing any merch currently, but we got no, hats, I'm, I'm shirts, wearing, hoodies. So. I'm wearing Mark Hoppus's merch line today actually oh well, you can't plug that that's unless he pays it's mark hoppus though it's mark <laughs> yeah, hoppus exactly. yeah no um and then also i uh am doing a watch along uh i guess tonight if you guys are listening to this on monday for game one of the oilers versus the kings in the playoffs uh nate as always you have an open invitation to crash the party but um i don't know what Sounds you got good. going on so <laughs> ducks yeah. oh man see now it's either i could crash it and take the Oilers side which that just no or I take the Kings side and have Ducks fans mad at me yeah it's a lose-lose for me <laughs> realistically <Yeah. laughs> it really is so yeah that's why I kind of just signed up because I figured you wouldn't want to do it but if you do you're obviously welcome but oh, yeah. least, I, uh, I might hop in for a few minutes just to have some fun so. oh sure yeah do that too um but yeah, I'll be doing that for, for game one there. So if you want to hear me shit on the Kings for about three hours, I will be doing <laughs> that tomorrow night. I think the game is uh, 7 Pacific time. Yeah, uh, 8 o'clock my time, so 7 point. Pacific. Yeah, um, and, and I'll probably be doing a, a few throughout the playoffs or will maybe be doing a few throughout the playoffs as well. But that's the first one. So just wanted to plug that. Uh, that'll be on the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network. Even uh, if you just you know, drop by, say hey, and drop uh, a like on the stream. That's greatly appreciated. Get some more views going to the network as a whole and allows us to put out uh, more and more content and stuff for you guys. So, yeah, I think that's all the things that I wanted to plug because I just typed plug things and thought I would remember <laughs> them all, but I'm not sure if that's it. Yeah. you think of anything uh, else? No, not offhand. Um, just in case, I, I think this is what you said, but yeah, that game, uh, Edmonton, L.A., our stream will be at uh, seven Pacific. Yeah, yeah. On just wanted Monday to just wanted Monday, to make so. sure we did have that correct. Yeah, so. perfect. Sounds good. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to recap the duck <coughs> season, go through our uh, standings <laughs> predictions. Which man, Nate Nate hasn't seen him yet. I have when I, <laughs> I I copied him into the outline, but I was like, Nate, you can't look at these. Some of these are too perfect. So. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be exciting, but which I guess yeah. is a break for you because I didn't have time today to record our DraftKings sponsorship read. Oh yeah, I was just going to click the video, but yeah, no, this yeah. is you. <laughs> Good yeah. thing I reminded you then, because otherwise it'd be the wrong ad. Yeah, fine. I'm dropping out of the stream. See ya. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings same-game uh, same parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. And personally, I love doing the parlays. They're so much fun. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $5. So, you know, your Starbucks coffee on any NHL team to win and get a hundred free dollars in bets, no matter what win or lose doesn't matter. Again, that's code THPN as in the hockey podcast network only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for further details. Nice. I was like, you got it the wrong way here. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, no, good stuff. Um, I I realized the next thing we had was to go through um, the Ducks season, and and you had all those stats, and I was like, I don't want to make him do the ad and then go through that all at once. So I'll give you a quick break here. I can still do it. Uh, At least get us started. So. Yeah, no, no, I, I got it. it. No, I'm, let me be the nice guy. Okay. All right. Let me be right, fucking fine. nice to you, Nate. All right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, let's start off with... I will threaten uh, the, you into letting me be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's start off with the top point scores uh, for the Ducks here. Uh, Troy Terry finished uh, highest on team with 67 points in 75 games, which Ooh. pretty damn solid season for Troy Terry considering um, how not great the team was all year. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a, a for of most of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and what was his point streak in the middle of the season? Was it like 15 games or something? It was something or like 20? that. Like, he was up there with like Connor McDavid and somebody else there for a while. Yeah. I think it was like yeah. 15 games that he, or 14 or 15 games that he got cut off at. It was yeah, nuts. It, it was, was so much fun. Uh, uh, 16 games. The second longest in the NHL behind Connor McDavid's 17. Jesus. <laughs> at, it, at the time, it, it, was, it was the second longest. I don't know. I feel like that's got to be it, though. I I think so. Those two, I think, stayed, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be. Somebody fact check me on that. Yeah. Tell me what a fucking idiot I am. Yeah, I'm not going to fact check (laughs) it. (laughs) But yeah. um, Yeah, he had had 37 goals on the season. Damn, he had 37? He almost hit 40 goals. Yeah. Could you imagine? It was nuts. And That was unbelievable this year. It was so much fun. Damn. Like... And he missed seven games. Yeah, he easily could have hit 40 if he played a full 82. Carter, what did we do? You remember what we talked about in terms of goals last year at the end of the season? Wasn't it Max Comtois with like 15? Yes, but that's not where I was quite going. Oh, with. okay. I see. Yeah. We were talking about how, yeah, like the, the points and the goals, especially, were very, it was done by committee. But it'd be yeah. nice to have that one guy or two guys that really just, like took a little bit more, right? They, like those were the goal scorers. Mm-hmm. And I think we got that this year, which was great. Yeah. Troy absolutely. Terry with 37. You got to drop off to Trevor Zegers at 23. And then it's Henrique at 19. Lindstrom at 16, which also 16 goals on the third line. Like that third line was great this year with Lindstrom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. Lundestrom, sorry, not Lindstrom. Why am I saying Lindstrom? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I let the first one go, but I wasn't going to let the second <laughs> one go. <laughs> yeah, and then 15, 14, 11, 11. Like, it, mm. it, was still, it was still score by committee in a way. Yeah. But there were those two guys that led the way in Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. Yeah. And I can't I, wait to I, see yeah. what an entire season of those two paired together with Sonny Milano looks like. Do you <laughs> hear me, Dallas? Do you hear me? An entire season of Zegris, Terry, and Milano. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. But we, uh, but we got what we were looking for, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And that's that yeah. goal score, which is great. Yeah. Like, this was Terry's coming out party, realistically. 
And every NHL team is now going to be on high alert for Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. It's mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, with Trevor Zegras as well, he finished the season with 61 points for the Ducks, good for second on the team, way ahead of Adam Henrique, who had 42. I guess this yeah. probably doesn't include Raquel, hey? I, I don't know where he was, but all like all the guys we traded, their stats wouldn't be on. I yet. will take a look at what Raquel ended up. Yeah. Um, um, but the But yeah, 61 points, like second best on the team. That really puts into perspective, I think, how good of a season Trevor Zegras had. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you compare him to the other rookies, like 61 points, he, he's up there. He's, I don't remember, second or third. I think second in points, too. But that second on your own team, that's amazing. Like, it, it's, yeah, it, it just really speaks volumes, I think, to his season as a whole. And, like, in the same amount of games played as Troy Terry, who's been in the league for a few seasons, he's pretty close in points. Like, mm-hmm. you give this kid a few years and he's, He's hitting 100 points. Oh, easily, yeah. In a few years. So, uh, Raquel this year with the Ducks in 51 games had 16 goals and 28 points. Oh, damn. I thought he was quite a bit higher. That's now, with the Penguins, bad. though, 19 games and 13 points. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> it, it, it pays to play with Devgeny Malkin. <laughs> yeah. He had, a, he had a bout with Crosby as well. Um, like a, a oh, yeah, games, right. I think. Yep. So. That he did, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the tri- Terry and Zegers were kind of the top two guys, sixty-seven and sixty-one, and then drop off a bit here to Henrik and Fowler at forty-two points for each of them. Henrik would have had more, but he was out for quite a bit. They only played fifty-eight games, so yeah. Um, so yeah, like overall, like just a solid season. Like we have those guys that are sp- spread out now, like you said. Like instead mm-hmm. of just oh, we have this lump of like our top six scorers that are all kind of around the same area like no like yeah. we're we're spread out now which is good um i don't know if there's any other guys you want to hit on here um um are we, are we talking like hit on like hey you want to go for dinner kind of thing <laughs> i don't know why i went with the southern draw there but i did deal with it um you, you mean that kind of hit on or like you no no, no talk like, the, like 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 talk about them yeah <laughs> I want to we talk about, about a, we could talk about assists. I want to talk about Sonny Milano for a second here. Oh sure, yeah. Because I'm just trying to pull up his season numbers here. Guy got into 66 games this year, proved that he could hold a roster spot, right? Because mm-hmm. really, I don't, I don't think he was really healthy scratch at all. It was, it was injury that kept him out. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. In Maybe six, early on in the season he was scrapped yeah. a little bit. But. In 66 games, he scored 34 points. So he was at he was just over half a point per game pace. Mm-hmm. Now imagine him healthy for a full season with Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. Dallas, listen to me. <laughs> but actually, though, right? Like mm-hmm. just if, if he's able to get a full season under his belt, or at least like 70 games, even, right? Like that bumps up those points even more. He's almost at forty points at that point. Yeah, that's a lot of point that I just said. It is, but you get the point. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's late. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, Sonny Milano had a great season. I thought for the amount of games that he was able to play on sure. ice, like he he never really felt like a liability to me. No, he was always generating like chances. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, while we're picking out specific guys here, I want to talk about Jamie Drysdale. He uh, he had a pretty solid season, especially for a defenseman. Um, four goals, 28 assists for 32 points. Played 81 games. I, I can't remember the one game that he did miss. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would have missed that. Mm, yeah, I can't remember offhand either. Can't remember either. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, so basically, a full season though, um, and the, the the stat that really stands out to me though is the uh, amount of shots he took. One hundred and thirty-seven shots, good for fifth on the team in, sh- in shots taken. Uh, second highest for a defenseman, Kevin Shattenkirk, just sending it to the net. One hundred and sixty-three. Um, but yeah, 137. I I really like that from Jamie Drysdale. Just getting shit to the net. Mm-hmm. That, like that's how Comtois scored his goal against the Stars the other night. Was it was just a shot from Jamie Drysdale through traffic. Yeah. Actually, it was a sweet shot too because he did like a little fake to kind of freeze everybody and yeah. open up a lane, and then he fired it through, and then it hit off Steele and Comtois and Harley, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The Stars defender, and then it was really a was, pinball thing. Like, yeah, it's, but like, <laughs> like that goal doesn't happen if Drysdale doesn't shoot the puck. So in a sense, it's like yeah. his goal, right? So like, yeah, he only had four goals on the the score sheet for the season, but yeah. so many of those sh- 137 shots ended up resulting in goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably about you know 32 of them since he got 32 points, but yeah. Yeah, it's that that's awesome. That's what I really want to see from Drysdale moving forward. Is and is, yeah, just take shots. And the guy like just turned 20 years old if uh Brian Hayward didn't tell you already. Uh <laughs> but at 20 years old, fresh, averaging almost 20 minutes a night. Yeah. How many guys can you say that about? Honestly, like for the NHL. Yeah. Not many. One for sure. That's Trevor Zegers. Or fuck Jamie Drysdale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, like, the only, especially on the back end, though, right? Yeah. You can't say that about too many guys. No. The the only unfortunate thing about him this season, and I don't think it's his fault at all, is he finished a minus 26 on the season. And Trevor Zegers finished a minus 21. Those are the two worst on the team. And I don't think it's any fault of them. I, think, I mean, when, when Drysdale's playing on, like, you're tip, like, typically on the top line, I believe he's yeah, on exactly. the penalty kill as well, if I'm not mistaken, which, like, was doing all right. But. Penalty kill doesn't take into account plus minus, though. Oh, it doesn't? Only, I thought it did. I, I thought it, I'm pretty sure it's only five on five. I don't think so. I could be wrong on that, though. Yeah, I'll figure it out another time. But, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, you're right. They're, they're playing top line minutes with mm-hmm. not top line Partners generally. I mean, yeah. Drysdale did for most part, but Zegers wasn't playing with top line no. guys for most of the season. So, like, it kind of makes sense. And yeah, so I don't really fault them for that, but I wanted to make the point that you give these guys the partners that they need and put them in like those top pairing roles with guys as veterans or more experienced players that are in those uh, top line roles. Those numbers are going to be drastically different come mm-hmm. next season. Uh, Drysdale also drawing 30 minutes worth of penalties. Dang, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, if because that's that's such a fun stat to take a look at, actually. It's penalty minutes drawn. Oh, yeah. Take a guess as to who drew the most penalties this season. 
I'll give you a hint. It's not who you think. Who do you think I think it is? It would be like one of the top guys, like a Zegris or a Terry or something like that. Oh, you're just talking on the Ducks. Okay. Oh, yeah, just on the Ducks. I I thought you meant the league in general. I was like, damn. No, no, no. I I can search that up after, but just for the the Ducks. Who drew the most penalty minutes? Um, And I feel like this is maybe a touch inflated, but it's okay. I'm going to go with John Gibson. Sam Carrick with 71 minutes drawn. Does does it count fights? I like, think so, and that's where that one comes okay. from. And that's why I was saying it might have been inflated because I know he got into a few scraps. Um, okay, so few, yeah, yes, okay, so let's remove that then. Okay, then who do you think has the most penalty minutes drawn? I'm gonna go with Ryan Getzlaff. No, now it's going to who you would maybe think Troy Terry with 62 oh, minutes okay. drawn. Gotcha. So 31 penalties were taken on Troy Terry. Trevor Zegers was good. next with 50 minutes, and then Comtois with 36 minutes drawn. Huh. Okay. Yeah, Comtois those are kind of the guys I would expect. Game, Comtois with 52 games played drew 36 penalty minutes. Yeah, he's he's sneaky. Like, yeah. I, I think he makes a lot of defenders kind of shit themselves and like get into some bad situations. So that, mm-hmm. that honestly doesn't surprise me. If it wasn't Ryan Get, or if you gave me another guess after Getzlaff, my next guess was going to be Comtois. It just was, felt like he drew a lot. Getzlaff so. was number nine at only 21 minutes. Okay. Uh, see, I thought him because, like, you know, there's... It seems like the veteran guys kind of get the benefit of the doubt on calls or, like, they know how to draw calls. Like, yeah, not, like, diving necessarily, but, like, they recognize, like, when a guy is just kind of being loosey-goosey with his stick, they'll, like, skate into his stick and, like, yeah. trip on it. In, they they like, got it figured yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, was there any other stats you wanted to bring up about the Ducks season here? Uh, not for the forwards, but okay. we haven't gone through the goalies yet. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> so let's do that. Sorry, quick. yeah, this is why you're on here, because you uh, <laughs> you care about the goalies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, John Gibson leading the season with 18 wins, Anthony Stellars with 12, uh, Lucas Dostal with one behind him. Stellars leads the team in shutouts this year, though, with three. Gibson only had yeah. one. Uh, Salar is also with the save percentage of a 917 leading the team. Dostal at a 907. Gibson with a 904. Man, after the uh, All-Star break, that really hurt Gibson for his season numbers. Yeah. Um, Honestly, though, I'm impressed that it's still above a 900 after how yeah. rough he he. It was a, how rough of a time he was having after, and I think that shows so, how good he was for like the first like two thirds of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Stellar's leading the team in goals against as well at a two point six seven. Dostal with a two point nine eight. Gibson with a three point one nine. Um, and looking into some of the advanced stats as well. Uh, Thomas Hodge is leading the team in expected goals against in goal save. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, he he does, technically. He is listed here on moneypuck.com, actually, which oh, nice. I think is great. Um, Stellar is leading the team in uh, goal save above expected at a flat negative one. Uh, Lucas Dostal at a negative 1.4. And John Gibson, yeah, again, it was just after that all-star break, a negative 14.3. Yikes, in 56 games played. Yeah. Um, for context, can you look up Grubauer's expected 
or goal saved above expected. Oh God, yeah, sure. Just, just I think I looked. At, I looked at it the other day, actually. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, Philip. Gr- oh my God, Philip Grubauer. Is, is it in the fifties? No, it's not in the fifties. No, uh, is Philip, it? Okay, it's not that bad. Okay, no. Philip, Philip Grubauer in thir- uh, fifty-five games played had a goal save above expected of a negative thirty-three point seven. Okay, that's that's still pretty rough. Let, so. Let's take a let's take a look at the at the whole league though, because I pulled up just like specifically to the to the team here. Uh, yeah. Philip Grubauer is the worst in the goal save above expected. Oh no, I knew that for sure. Uh, yeah. Kevin Lankinen uh, with a twenty-eight point six from Chicago, and Karel v- Vimelka from Arizona with a negative twenty-three point two. Okay. Yeah. John so, Gibson, so Gibson is the, had a fine season. John Gibson at the eighth worst in the league. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not bad. Well, I mean, the Ducks finished eighth worst in the league, didn't they? Or yeah. Fair enough. Something like so. that. Yeah. Okay. Now take a guess as to I, this is something we were talking about before. I remember this. Take a guess of the top three goaltenders, though, for goal save above expected. I think Markstrom is going to be in there. No. Oh, no. Actually, oh, yeah. no, it's, it's goal saved above expected. So he's probably like kind of right around where he should be. Uh, Markstrom is at uh, 12 with a 10.8 positive. 10.8. Oh, okay. Uh, can I have the numbers? Like what the the values are? Just not uh, that it's going to help, but I'm just curious. Sure. Uh, so from first to third. 34.1. So literally the complete opposite end from yeah. Philip Grubauer. Uh, 28.4 and 27.8. Okay. I think Shesterkin's got to be in there. Shesterkin is number one. Okay. 34.1 <laughs> yeah. goals they've above expected. I, I figured that's if he why, wasn't one, he would be number two. Yeah. So. And that's why, spoiler, I guess I can throw this out there. I have the Rangers in the finals this year. Okay. I feel like Sorokin, or not Sorokin, sorry, Shesterkin is that turning point that the Rangers need. He's yeah, been showing it I mean, this whole season, I think. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, that's a can of worms, so we'll we'll get yeah. into it. Um, I'm still trying to look up where the Ducks finished. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Tenth. Tenth. Worst. Okay. So, um. So by standings, John Gibson was actually like better than the team. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Uh, okay. The so, other two goalies. Um. Yeah. I let's go. Uh, Vasilevsky. I, I feel like that's a pretty safe. Is guess. number two. Yep. Okay. At twenty-eight point four. Okay. Now, who's number three? Who's number three? Ah, uh, I feel like this is a weird one. Is it a like a guy that you probably normally wouldn't think of? Uh, sure. I guess kind sure. of. Okay. Like he's known for okay. being. He's known for being good, but this season okay. was another level. It felt like. Okay. Is it Anderson? Three for three. Holy shit! Nice oh work, shit. Man. Frederick Anderson of the Carolina Hurricanes in 52 games played has a goal save above expected of 27.8. Nice. To round out the top five is Sergei Bobrovsky with 23.4 and Darcy Kemper of the Colorado Avalanche with 21 flat. Nice. I forgot about Bobrovsky, but yeah, he would have been a good guess too. So Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not the best season for the Ducks. Obviously, but a huge improvement from last year. <laughs> oh, so. I mean, when you're in a playoff race or like a like playoff hunt and you hold the first place, like at a decent part of the season, at least too, right? Yeah, we were in and a playoff position at for American two, Thanksgiving. Yeah, for two thirds of the season, we were in a playoff spot, I'd say, or yeah. about half the season at least. At, which, at least half, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. 
And especially in a season that like goals were everywhere and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. So like looking back to what we talked about at the beginning of the season, the bar was pretty low for the Ducks. Let's But they skyrocketed for the first bit and then they came yeah. crashing back down. Yeah, exactly. And so there was big improvements made. Yeah. So yeah, I think Overall, this season was a success. It just sucks because we were doing so well at one point that we were like, oh shit, this team is actually. This team like might way actually go to the playoffs. Thought. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And then it just, we just had the rug ripped out from underneath us. Like, if they weren't that good and didn't go on that big streak at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. there probably wouldn't be as much disappointment throughout. But yeah. yeah. Let's, uh. Yeah, yeah I, let's. I, let's I, I know there's stats that I really want to talk about. Do we want to take a yeah. break and then we can make our standing predictions, uh, look like our, our standing prediction review or look back, I guess. Do we want to make that the what's quacking? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess that kind of works for it. So Yeah, sure. We'll do that. Sweet. Yeah, we can save whatever you have for uh, the live episode on Wednesday. So Yeah, or I'll, yeah. I'll probably find something different at that point. So Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, and then on the other side, we'll go Pacific, Central, Metro, and Atlantic. Uh, and yeah, it's it's in for you're in for a wild time if you haven't gone back and listened to that episode already. Um, to hear our predictions, it, it's it's gonna be good. it's gonna be fun. So yeah, we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabers of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Saberland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next to Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more. I'm straight up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. Don't worry, straight Sabres, guys. Um, Jack Eichel is not a Buffalo Sabre, obviously. This, that's been around for uh, for a while. Uh, but he's hanging out in the same clubhouse, though, because the Vegas Golden Knights missed the playoffs. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, Sorry, I threw that old. in a little bit. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Okay, let's get into it here. <laughs> so, starting in the Pacific... I, I was pretty bang on. I got four out of the eight teams right. Um, you only got one out of the eight, but overall, like, they're pretty I still close. I haven't like, even looked at it yet. Let's take a look here. Yeah. Yeah. Try and just look at the Pacific. It's it's pretty good. So I had I had the bottom three teams right. I had Sharks at six, Ducks at seven, Kraken at eight. And this is just for you, Nate. The, the numbers are obviously where they actually placed. Um, and then the bold ones are, this is correct. Uh, you, and you had the Ducks at seven. So if anybody says we don't know this team, we fucking know this team. We both had them at seven. <laughs> they finished seventh in the division. Like, yeah. For a while, they made us that. look bad. But yeah, yeah, exactly. they all came back down. Yeah, man. 
literally from first to seventh. Oh, I wish I didn't see this actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we both put Vegas at number one and they actually finished fourth in the Pacific, yeah. but also didn't even make the playoffs. So like we, and I think it mostly came down to injuries, right? That Yeah. For the, for the most part. Hurt Vegas this season. So, um, yeah, like if this team was fully healthy all year, yeah, they probably might have been first mm-hmm. or damn close. So, um, so yeah, and, and then yeah, like you were close on the other ones. Like you had Flames, Oilers, Kings. I love how um, I had like that order specifically yeah. to them as well. All you have to do is just move Vegas down, and I got that. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, you had them two, three, four, but they were one, two, three. So that's I. I said at the start of the season the Kings were going to be sneaky good. Everybody wasn't prepared for them to be as good as they were. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said that. Find the clip. Find the clip. I said that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you were right. Like, I had them. Um, I had them as the best of the California teams. I had them fifth. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. there was no way I was putting them in a playoff spot. So, um, the the other team I got right was I had the Oilers at second. So, I know my teams. Um, I know the Kraken were bad, and I know the Sharks were bad, but not as bad as the Ducks. <laughs> See, and I remember thinking, like, the back end for the Kraken looked really good. Yeah. And that was arguably one of the worst things about the team this season. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, paper doesn't always translate to ice, but, like, that team should have been better on the back end, realistically. So. Realistically, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Qu- quick quick aside, though. Matty Beneers is going to be fucking awesome for that team next year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's played in like just a handful of games so far. I, I think like I don't know, maybe eight games at the end of the season. I don't remember, but I think there was only one game where he didn't have a point. I think he let got. Me, let me take a look. Here. Yeah, take a look because I I picked him up in fantasy and like that was huge. And I think he's gonna be a keeper for me in our our league this year because that's a that that kid's gonna be good. <laughs> I didn't but, even see actually how I finished in the other two leagues yet. I just know in the one that I kept third and I get my money back. <laughs> oh yeah, I think in the THPN league you uh, actually no, I, get, I, don't I, think, I think I got third place. I think I beat Neil over at Devil State of Mind. Yes, yes, you did. You're right. Uh, it's a very then, disappointing season though, considering I went eighteen four and one for the regular yeah. season and, and then lost out in the first round. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Matty Berniers in 10 games played had nine okay. points, three goals, and, a, and six assists. Yeah, dang, on the Kraken, on the Seattle yeah. Kraken, and was on a four game point streak, yeah, uh, to end the season. So, Vancouver, LA, San Jose, Winnipeg, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's awesome for him. So, remember that come fantasy season, everybody. Not you, Nate. You, you, you can forget this, but draft Matty because <laughs> you're keeping him. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to the central here because the Pacific was like, yeah, okay. Look at look at us. Look at how smart we are. Wow. <laughs> the central is not quite like that. We had the one and two. We both had Avalanche Wild one and two. But to be fair, and we both and we both got the last place team as well in the Coyotes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Everybody if that got if that got messed up though. Yeah, if that got messed up, <laughs> everybody with half a piece of shit for a brain had the Avalanche at one, the Wild at two, and the Coyotes at eight in the Central. Like that's okay, now, nothing to like write home about. Okay, now I'll argue something actually. Sure. The Avalanche at one, yes. The Coyotes at eight, yes. The Wild at two, though, was a little bit of a more not risky, but 
they could have been just outside that's, the playoffs. That's true. That's true. So it's it, it is impressive. I think that we still got like both got them yeah. in second. Like we agreed on that, and that yeah. it actually worked out that way. Mm-hmm. So I also had the stars at four, because um, I thought they were going to be all right this season, and that's where they finished in the division. Yeah. Uh, you had the stars at sixth, um, and, and I mean, I, like to be fair, the stars fair, like, they were just squeaked in. They were exactly, they were yeah. fighting against a injured like. 30-some game Mark Stone Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Like, Cal- like yeah, exactly. I, I'm not trying to be biased about this here. Calgary's going to wipe the floor with the Dallas Stars if they can shut down that top line. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. So, but this is where this is where things get a little fun. <laughs> I gave the Blackhawks way too much credit. <laughs> you had them third in the fucking division. <laughs> I don't even remember my rationale for that. I think I it was like Mark Andre Fleury and a little bit of Seth Jones and like yeah they they got rid of some pieces but like they're still they're still the Blackhawks they got Taves they got Kane they got yeah, Fleury now I, 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 think I think that think was kind of your rationale but you had them third I had them fifth I think, so it was, I think also it was, not great but they were seventh I think I had them that high because in part some of the players that they have but I looked at the rest of the division and I was like this just doesn't feel everybody feels like they should be falling off a bit here. Right. And yet they sent five teams to the playoffs. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. You you weren't the only one that made a a, a mistake here. I had the Jets at third in the Central, and they finished. Yeah, sixth. the Jets had a rough season this year. Yeah, it was honestly bad to watch. And I know the questions going around now of like, has the core of that team taken the team as far as they can? Yeah, which is what yeah, exactly. the second round or the yeah. third round a few years ago, mm-hmm. right? So, not a, but not only did I have the Jets at sixth, I also had the blue. Or sorry, not only did I have the Jets at third, I had the Blues at sixth. I had them like yeah, not even we, close to the playoffs. We, I think a lot of people owe the Blues an apology, including yeah. us, because there were a lot of other like personalities and whatnot that had the Blues missing this year. Yeah, and I think I, it was a lot of with yeah. like the, the the stuff that was going around the team at the start of the year, right? Like mm-hmm. Tarasenko had requested a trade and everything like that, and everyone's like starting to write off the Blues. Yeah, so but I, Tarasenko I reason... decides to go off, and Vili Huso just yeah, Huso is out of nowhere. Huso is so. a big reason for that because now I want to see. We, I wrote, see we wrote who... off Jordan Bennington, right? And that's why we had them so low, and we're like, who else do they have yeah. besides Jordan Bennington? And then. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, everybody. We have <laughs> Billy Huso too. So and that's, I, and I want to know who the Blues are going to start for Game One. It's got to be Huso. I'm tr- Bennington I'm was to... awful this year. There's no way they start him for Game One. I feel like Huso it's got to be Huso as well. Yeah, the first game is tomorrow night. Is Monday, so we'll have our answer like right away here. Yeah, um, I want to see if Daily Fan like Daily Face Off by chance has. Because like some guys will just conf- like they'll be able to confirm who they're starting already. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. But I'd love to see if that's by chance available potentially already. I would be very surprised. Oh no, they don't even have like the games uploaded actually. So that that so, we, yeah we won't have that until tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing with this division, we had both had the Preds at seventh. Again, to be fair, they kind of just squeaked into the playoffs. They were the Second wild card, fifth in the division. Yeah. But you put a team at seventh, and that's like saying 
Yeah, this team well, is nothing. And again, though, like this is a team that lost a lot of like core players, right? Like, it looked like a team that was headed mm. for a rebuild, right? Like Victor yeah. Arvidsson alone that you're shipping off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not really expecting that team to to go very far. So, but yeah, and, and, and losing Rene as well. Yeah, losing Rene, but yeah, UC Soros just went off and said, "Yes, I am the starter. I can live up to the Pecorine name." That, that yeah, mm-hmm. those are big shoes to fill. And UC yeah. Soros is a lot smaller than Pecorine is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Roman Yossi going off with his season how many points potential norris candidate yeah Uh, that the the norris Norris candidate potential norris winner i should say yeah yeah like yeah that was should he should win duchene finding his game again forsberg i I think having a career year i'm not 100 percent sure on the numbers but matt duchene scored 43 goals this year kind of quietly yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, like, exactly. I didn't. I didn't really see a whole lot about him. Philip Forsberg also with forty-two goals. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, those guys were insane. Yeah, the Predators said, "Fuck you!" Like we can lose some players, but l- look at what these guys can do. Still. Roman Yossi as a defenseman scored ninety-six points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Holy <Crazy>. crap! <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Jeez. So, overall, you know, hit, we hit some, we, we missed some here on the central. You don't want to talk about the Coyotes? No, we'll we'll leave that for sporty or like for sporty with Corey and Richie. Yeah, moving on to the Metro, the Coyote, the Coyotes win in terms of having the best kit in the Central Division. Yeah, the, the, the is back full time. Yeah, the Kachina's back full time. Absolutely a win. Moving on to the Metro, though. <laughs> As <laughs> morons, we put we both put the Islanders in first place. Now, okay, I'm gonna say Why? one thing. I'm gonna say one thing about this, and I think this was also for a lot of other people as well. We didn't exactly take a look at the schedule to see that the Islanders were on the road for what the first 15 or 16 games of the season. That's, that's gonna screw yeah. up a team no matter what. Yeah. I honestly think look for this team to be where we think they should be in the playoffs come next season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, they finished fifth in the division, not even close to being in the wild card. They were out a long time ago. Yeah. Still finished, I think, third in the wild card standings, but they're like 20 some points out by yeah. now. So, so <laughs> I, I had to have a chuckle at that because I was like, man, that, the fact <laughs> that we both put him in there and it's not even close. Yeah. I had the Hurricanes next, so uh, they finished obviously first in the Metro there, and I had them second. You had them third, um, so I mean we both had them up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers we both had at number four. They finished second uh, again. Nobody expected Igor Shosturkin to drag this team up a couple spots, and and that's yeah, and and where we'll again, defend that, ourselves there, and that's why I have them in that bracket at least. To yeah. go to the finals, and that kind of surprised me when I put that in for my bracket for the THP or for the TQR one, because yeah. um, I was like, I was going through it like just series by series. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this would be the better team. This would be the better team in this, right? And like this yeah. season series overall. And I was like, oh shit, I have the Rangers in the finals. Yeah, and it's just and mm-hmm. Chesterkin will obviously be a big factor in that. I think if that were to happen, yeah. So. 
Uh, the Capitals, I had third. You had them second. They finished fourth in a wild card spot. So not the best season. Or we're not, we're, we, we, we gave them a little off. second, but yeah, so yeah, still not far off. Um, Are the Capitals in fourth as well as like what the last wild card spot? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about, oh, the Penguins. I had them fifth, kind of just squeaking into the playoffs. I think you got in my head a little bit, putting them at sixth. <laughs> Again, it's the, the Pittsburgh Penguins have made the pen, or have made the playoffs now. It, it says 16 years in a row. I call bullshit on that because they didn't make it past Montreal for the play-in in the bubble in 2020. But apparently we're counting that as the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I do, so... I don't. You're, you're the you're the only person I've ever talked to that like follows hockey somewhat and would have an opinion on this that says that the play in doesn't count as playoffs. I didn't realize that we bumped it up to five rounds of playoff hockey for one year and then decided to go. Uh, no, actually, we like it four. Well, then what are those games? Because they're not regular season games. It's so not round one as? though. It's not round one. No, it's not. It's a play in, and then it's there's round one, two, three, and four. Exactly. It's like round zero. It's like issue zero of a comic book. Like, it's still something. It's still there. It, you still have to count it in the run. You know what? This isn't even a conversation we we have time for. The so. NHL should have just gone with point percentage, I think, for that. They really should have just gone for that. I mean, yes, but this different conversation. It's, yeah. it's over. <laughs> but <laughs> um, They've made it 15 out of 16 years. Let's put it that way. But... Sure. I just I, I keep expecting them to start to fall off. And the Pittsburgh Penguins just will not fucking die. <laughs> yeah. I, at this that point, team will continue to be a playoff team until Sidney Crosby or Evgeny yeah. Malkin are not on that team. And Latang. And Latang. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. I've, Shout out to our girl Kaylee. I've had some skepticism about the Penguins as well over the last couple seasons. Like I, I've always kind of put them in that wild card spot maybe they were Logically, close they were only it makes sense yeah they were only a point or two ahead of washington yeah. by the time the season ended like they easily could have been in the wild card but i am not going to put this team out of a playoff position until crosby malkin and Latang are gone as until long as that those, core is gone. as long as long as those three are on this team it's a playoff the, team the pittsburgh penguins are just that punching bag that like you see the funny videos of like somebody just absolutely wail one on it and it comes back and just smacks them in the face even harder. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100% yeah, exactly. what the Pittsburgh Penguins are. Yeah. Like you think that they're done and then they're like, nope, fuck you. Yeah. I uh, let, Let's talk about the bottom three now. I thought I had the Flyers a lot higher, but I think, I don't know, something, I, I guess, yeah, maybe I read into their roster and I was like this isn't a very good roster and Carter Hart needs to prove himself again because I had him at seventh I had the Devils at sixth and I had the Blue Jackets last so um so I had Devils Flyers Blue Jackets the actual order was Blue Jackets Devils Flyers at the bottom um you had Devils at seventh that's fine you had the Blue Jackets at um eighth that's also fine totally understandable but I need to know why the fuck you put the Flyers at fifth 
because they didn't feel like a playoff team to me. They did lose a few guys. They brought in guys like Rasmus Ristolainen, paid a hefty price yeah. for them, which shouldn't have happened in the first place. And then Chuck Fletcher decides to double down and give him that massive contract, mm. <laughs> and, which, oh my God. But it, they, they were a team that just, they, they felt like they would be better than Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Columbus. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't that... It was like, oh, they're really good. It was just that they would be better than those teams is what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's all. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. Like, okay. the, like the lesser of evils, pretty much. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Atlantic now. We, we did pretty good. We had the top four, and then we had the bottom four. The order isn't quite there, though. Yeah. So, we did really good on the Atlantic, actually. That's not bad. It's not bad. Well, we we did good on the the top four for the Atlantic. At least I, I at least I think so. But we both got Boston in the fourth place. Yeah, we got that. That's the one yep. we got. Another another um, team that as long as uh, Marshan and Bergeron are there, which you got to wonder if this is going to be Bergeron's last year, or does he have one more in? It's out there. Yeah, yeah. But we had another 2003 guy. Yeah the the actual order was <laughs> Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay. I had Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, so I just the Lightning kind of bumped things uh, around for me. You had Toronto, Lightning, Florida, so you just slot Florida up into the President's Trophy slot, and yeah. So overall, like our top four was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. It, it really comes down to just one team we overvalued or undervalued by a little bit, but we had the teams, so yeah, that's what matters. But where things get interesting, at least on my bracket. Is the bottom four because oh I my had god, the exact literally reverse I just order. Looked at it. <laughs> yeah, I had the Canadians as a moron apparently at in the fifth spot. I had the Senators in the sixth spot, the Red Wings at seven, and the Sabers at the bottom. And the actual order was Sabers, Red Wings, Senators, Canadians. To uh, be oops, fair to the Montreal yeah. Canadiens, I don't think anybody anticipated how much worse off the team would be. Without Shea Weber and Carey Price. When we did this, did we know that Shea Weber and Carey Price were done for the season? We knew Price was good. We knew Price was going to be out for at least the first month at the time. Okay. And we didn't know about Shea Weber. No, I think we did know about Shea Weber. We did? did. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But still, like, but it was like the the rest of the roster still looked like it could do something. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think anybody could have really predicted like how far they had fallen off. Yeah. I mean, you lose Weber, you lose Price, you lose Deneau. Those were the three guys that got you the cup final in the first yeah. place. So Those are massive pieces to lose. Yeah. But yeah, obviously didn't think it was going to be that bad. So um, gave the Senators too much credit. Didn't give the Sabres enough credit. You had a, uh, yeah, here, give your. Mind you, though. Mind you, though, the, the Senators did have a good season. like oh, oh, yeah. At least a, a better season than yeah. they had before. Like There's there's mm. more steps taken towards that team, and that's a team that I'm excited to see continue to improve, actually. For sure. And maybe things will even be a little bit more different come next season with the unfortunate passing of their owner, Eugene Milnick, not penny-pinching anymore, unless... Mm. Like whoever does take on the team, whether it's his family still stays with it or they sell the team off for that, as they continue kind of that same thing. But mm-hmm. um, if it's if they're willing to spend on this team, 
right? And not have any more cases of say like, you know, oh, we, we, we can't, we don't want to pay Mark Stone what he should be paid. We don't want to pay Eric Carlson what he should be paid at the time at least, mm. right? Um, it'll be interesting to see how they can improve from here now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I had the Senators uh, in fifth, Canadians in sixth. Same thing. It was just like, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would be as bad as they were. Uh, the Red Wings in seventh, and I had the Sabres in last. The Sabres were a pleasant... Um, a pleasant surprise. A, a pleasant surprise, yeah. For finishing as well as they did. Obviously, like, being in fifth, they still weren't really close to a playoff spot. Like... But they, I, it was a, such a drastic improvement from what they had from last yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? in, in the actual standings, Boston had 107 points and in fourth, and Buffalo in fifth had 75. So, like, 32 points difference between those spots. In the wild card, Buffalo was number five. Yeah, 25 points back of Washington in wild card two there. So, not close to a playoff spot, but, yeah, significantly improved. So, yeah, I am. I am just trying to pull up the season by season record here, um, for the Sabers. Yeah, yeah. For how many points? Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about drastic in like a drastic improvement? The tw- okay. Let's go with the last full. All right. Okay. Last season kind of works. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Let me yeah. let me do the math on this here really quickly. Actually, if you want to talk about something for thirty seconds. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. With the Sabers, like. They looked decent to end the season, and then they got Owen Power into the lineup, and like they're going to probably have him for another full season. So like this team looked good to end the season, and then they're just going to have more additions next season that are going to make them even better. So mm-hmm. I think jumping ahead to next season's predictions, I think the Sabers are like a sleeper pick for making the playoffs. I wouldn't go that far just yet, but they'll be in the hunt. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say or be around, pick. be around yeah. the hunt. I don't no, think they're no, that, making it though yet. No, unless no, something drastic I, happens yeah, with free yeah, exactly. or whatnot. But yeah, as, um, a, as a gambling man, that's why I'm saying a sleeper pick. Like, yeah. the odds are going to be totally against them. But if they, if you put money down for them to make the playoffs, like that's a that's not a high risk, high reward. That's like a medium risk, high reward type of thing. Like that's. Like you said, they're going to be in the hunt. And that's probably the first time I've been able to say that in my lifetime about the Buffalo Sabres. Well, first time in 10 years. First time since I've been able to form the sentence, the Buffalo Sabres have a shot at making the playoffs. (laughs) With any sort of like, you know, logic and reasoning to back that up. Um, Yeah, sorry, where where I was going with this though. Last year's uh, Buffalo Sabres, um, you know, for like an 82 game season, obviously they played only 56 like the rest of the league did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an 82 game season of last year's Buffalo Sabres would have gotten 54 points. This year's Buffalo Sabres got 75. Mm-hmm. That's a dr- that's a that's an increase. That's a big jump. Yeah, that's a big jump. That's impressive, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we we've entered a new era of Sabres hockey and. I think gone are the days of putting them in that bottom spot. Yes, I put, I hope for them that that's yeah right. exactly. Watch, we'll put them like four, like fifth or four, fifth, 
like 46 next season and then they'll just like tank just like yeah <laughs> i i really hope not but like that would just be sabers hockey like everyone's like oh things are looking up in buffalo <laughs> up, oh, oh yeah exactly <laughs> so it, in my opinion the funniest predictions are um island us both putting the islanders at number one um you putting the blackhawks in third yeah <laughs> and um and me putting the Canadians at number five. And and the Jets at six. Those those are like basically switching the Jets and Blues. To me, those are mm-hmm. kind of the funniest predictions. Um also you having the Penguins solo. That's kind of funny. But my I guess my two favorites, Islanders at number one, and then Blackhawks in that third spot are like those ones I was I like audibly laughed out loud. I was like, there's no way that we actually thought that. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh. know. Which one stood out to you as like, wow, that I was laughably wrong. I don't think we, we couldn't have really predicted it, but Vegas not even making the playoffs when we had him in the top spot there. Yeah. That, that if that team stays healthy, you know we're gonna be correct on that one. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Or you would think we would be correct on that one. Yeah. If not, they're probably second. Yeah, because the Flames had a phenomenal season, so like mm-hmm. they, they could easily have been second, like Flames, Vegas, Edmonton. Like as much as it pains me to admit, like that that is a very real possibility for how the standings could have shaken mm-hmm. out this season. The one I do kind of laugh at to really wrap the whole thing up actually is both of us thinking the Ducks in seventh, and actually and like spot on. Yeah, right for both of us. Yeah, so like if, if there's some solace in this season, it's like at least I was right. Yeah, like, we, we it had sucks that we lost so many team. games, but they yeah. was right. <laughs> but you know what, though, even though it's seventh spot out of eight, which doesn't look good in the standings, you can tell by the actual on ice play for the most part that this team has seen improvement, right? And yeah. bring me in, uh, like Pat Verbeek in the front office. We have a shit ton of cap room to work with in the off season here. You're gonna bring in, uh a wonderful rookie in Mason McTavish who hopefully sticks with the team next season. Yeah. I don't see how he doesn't to be honest with you. Yeah. Unless we yeah. draw in like some like quality names in free agency. I don't see how you don't have him I, in your lineup on opening night. I think even if we put together the best team the NHL has ever seen in free agency, I think you still make a spot. Obviously he has to earn it in, in training camp like if he comes to training camp not prepared like just looks like a shell of what he looked like last season obviously not but if he comes in and looks as good as he did in those nine games you make a spot at the very least you make a spot on that fourth line for him just to be like take some games here's a chance to move up the lineup yeah and that's only if the ducks like go out there and sign like basically just like redo the whole team like we we get six forwards and four defensemen in free agency that are like our top six and our top four right yeah like there's the possibility of doing that but highly unlikely so i I think realistically mctavish starts game one of the season in a middle six role that he has earned throughout training camp we don't want to jump too far ahead because free agency is still in a bit yeah, but for next season, which is the yeah the twenty two twenty three season, um, it should show like the difference, does it not? 
Um, no, apparently not. I thought it showed like the amount of space that we had for next season. Oh, on cap friendly? Yeah, it's it's yeah. down like in between like the um in the system and like the actual rostered players. It should say Oh yeah, here uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, rostered and buried cap hit for next season is at forty million dollars. Projected cap hit of forty two million. That leaves forty million dollars to play with for next season. Yeah. Mind you though, we have a couple of guys we still need to re-sign as well. Um, hmm. especially in RFAs, right? You got Sonny Milano, Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, um, Jerry Mayhew. Maybe gets a small extension. I think so yeah. currently making eight hundred thousand. Um, yeah. yeah, but like all those Vak- guys, you got yeah, you got Vakaninen, who you traded for, who is an RFA. Hmm. Uh, Schuster is is a, a UFA yeah. there as well. So you got like a few guys yeah. to resign, but. Forty million dollars in cap space. Yeah, that is a Dude. lot of room that you can do some good with. And Pavlovich is going to make do make good on at least I would say twenty to twenty five million of that. You don't have to spend it all right. yet, right? No, you still have other guys that can come in the future and everything like that. And you yeah, also yeah. still have to budget as well uh, a little bit for you know the upcoming years of Max Comtois and RFA next year. Uh, Troy Terry is an RFA next year, and if he has a season like he did this year, he's going to have a massive pay raise. And same with Trevor Zegers as well. Uh, yeah. Along with Kevin Shattenkirk is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Mind you, he's probably going to have a pay dip. Uh, Jamie Drysdale is also going to be an RFA. Like I know we're looking at an entire season of play ahead and whatnot, but like you got you got to budget a little bit for that yeah. kind of stuff. But still. Say tw- even if if the number I'm thinking of is correct of like twenty five even thirty million, that's a lot of money to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, because I, I think the cap floor is around like sixty ish million. So like we have to spend twenty million just to get to the cap floor. We're not even going to hit that with like our, our RFAs that we have that we are going to resign. There's no way we spend twenty million on all of those guys. So like. Yeah. We have to go out in free agency and get people. It's not like he Verbeek can just sit back and be like, okay, like let's just like spend another year of seeing what we got with this team. No, he has to go out and sign people because we need to we need to hit the cap floor. So it's good. Like he's actually gonna be actively engaged in the market and gonna bring in hopefully bring in some good names. So yeah. I'm, and I'm another, really looking forward to it actually. And another thing here too. We'll have no retained salary come next season because the only ones left are Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson. Yeah. And it's the last year of Corey Perry's buyout as well at $2 million. Mm -hmm. Like, the Ducks are about to have some money to play with, and it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see what Baverbeek does. Yeah. Like, it's it's actually kind of an exciting offseason coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I'm, we I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, it. we haven't yeah. had in the like three years of this show. Yeah, two off seasons so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this yeah. team is going to look drastically different come October. Hundred percent, which is awesome. I'm excited for it. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully gotta, they look visually as well. Just thinking back to last last episode's thing about the about the jersey rumors. Yeah, yeah that too. Hopefully, like yeah. physically, they look different too. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that wraps up their, our season recap. Um, 
going. We'll, we'll still have uh, episodes a couple nights a week for the next couple of weeks, just kind of throughout round one of the playoffs there because there's still lots to cover. But yeah, we'll kind of be transitioning more into um, what's going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you can follow along if you uh, still enjoy our show. And then when Ducks News pops up, we'll uh, be on that as well. Yep. So yeah, quick reminder, merch store, tqrshop.myspreadshop.com. Uh, I'll be doing a watch long Monday night, 7 p.m. Pacific for Oilers versus Kings. Um, and then Wednesday live stream is where you can um, find out, you know, kind of what comes next. Oh, and bracket challenge. That's the other one. Yes. Um, so make sure you do that before games start on Wednesday <laughs> evening. Um, the quack report is the name of the bracket challenge on the NHL's bracket challenge website. Link will be down in the description. And uh, I will also pin it actually to the Twitter page for the next couple of days ah, here. I'm doing that call. as we speak. I will do that right now. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So that's uh that's what we got going on. Thank you guys very much for tuning in um all season long, uh for tuning into this episode. We very much appreciate it. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, like I said, we still have episodes coming out. So it's not the end of the season. I just know we see a little bit of a dip in the off season. So yeah. Same Which is totally to those fair. people that are leaving, totally understandable. Um but for those of you sticking around, we look forward to uh seeing you for the next few episodes. Nate, where can they uh, laugh at your some of your horribly awful division predictions or give you praise if they're feeling nice for some of the ones you got right? That's perfect because I was actually hoping that's what you were going to go with for that. I'm like, that's that's got to be the obvious one here. Uh, yeah. You can laugh at me uh, at uh, on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Yeah, and you can laugh at some of my horribly awful predictions as well at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter. You can follow the show at Quack Report Pod, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. The Hockey Podcast Network is where you can catch my watch along uh, as well as watch alongs from everybody else on YouTube. Um, and yeah, that's a, a great season. See ya. Yeah.